0: We're kind of like the Transfiguration Sunday, you know, some of our Sundays start off a little slow and tell that some of you are kind of weary, You just woke up, getting the stuff out your eyes. But just like uh, Luke says about the disciples, if we stay awake long enough, we might get something. But for those of you who are still awake, congratulations. And I guess there's really no nice way to say this, so I'm just going to say it out front. Let it be what it needs to be. The good news of Jesus Christ is why we're here this morning. The good news of Jesus Christ is not great advice. The good news of Jesus Christ is not great advice. Let me tell you what I mean. So many times we we hear that people um, look for encouraging words about themselves. From Scripture. Or, or maybe we're looking for some positive words that God, Jesus, or some of the prophets might have to say about our life or about what we can do. And here's what I want you to understand. There's not a whole lot of great advice in here. If you're looking for uh, how to uh, do to, to make it well in your job, if you're looking about, for how to get ahead Uh, When you find stuff in here, you're going to scratch your head because Jesus says you don't worry about yourself. Uh, You worry about the other person before you do that in your office sometimes. And you know what happens? People may take advantage of you. They may think you're soft. They may just pass you right on up. So if you're looking to get ahead, this isn't always a good place to start. If you're looking for warm, fuzzy things to think about yourself, please, please, please don't look here. This is what happens when we think that the gospel of Jesus Christ is just great advice for our life. We miss what Jesus was all about. Do you think that we have a cross in, in the sanctuary of God? Do you think that we wear a cross? Do you think that we look to the cross because it says something nice about us? In fact, the cross says something very ugly about us, doesn't it? That's what we did. That's what our sin did to our Lord. How do you feel about that? Are you glad you came to church yet? (laughs) Does that mean God doesn't want to give us inspiration? Does that mean God doesn't want to give us hope or joy? No, I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying we need to understand that the good news is to show us that we needed a savior. Is to show us what our life would be like if we didn't have our Lord. We need to understand that when we read passages like this from uh, from Luke and others, um, they give us a clear understanding of who Christ is and who he is supposed to be in our lives. If we just boil the the good news of Jesus and try to make it into nice, uh, positive thinking advice for life. What tends to happen is we we view God as sort of this, I don't know, God becomes sort of this fluffy image, right? We almost come uh, full tilt around. Before some of us, we, we grew up with this thought about God, that God was this man upstairs that was just waiting for us to mess up. Oh, I can't wait to catch them. Oh, I can't wait to condemn them. Oh, I can't wait to push them and then ask them why they quit. We have this image of God being this condemning figure that God takes joy in just bringing us pain. That's an image a lot of people have of God. It's an unfortunate image. But something happens on the other side of that as well when we try to make the good news just out to be great advice, God sort of just becomes sort of the nice guy in the sky. I I heard one young man say, well, God is Santa Claus, but with rules. Really? No. God's more than that. When we have this fluffy image of God, something begins to happen that we think then that all of our feelings about God or all of our experiences with God should be warm and fuzzy and fluffy too. That I should be able to come in church. I should be able to sit down and to feel nice about myself. I should be able to walk out and think, "Ah, oh, I'm so great. I'm glad I went there. You ever feel like that in church? It's okay if you do. Because sometimes that's what we need to hear. Sometimes we need to be blessed with the affirmation that God loves you no matter what you have done. But what I need you to understand, what I'm trying to get through to you this morning so that all of us can see is that sometimes when we experience the presence of God, it is anything but warm and fuzzy. It is anything but happy. Think about the people of God at the mountain when they received the the word of the Lord. When the presence of God came down, do you remember how they initially responded? They were fearful. Elijah was in the temple and the Spirit of the Lord filled the temple. Elijah was confused. Think about Mary. When the Spirit of God was with her, she was confused. She was scared when, when, when the angel first appeared to her. And time and time again, what we see is that when people experience the the presence of God, it's not warm and fuzzy at all. In fact, it's confusing. It's scary, even. Jesus tells a few of his disciples, I want you to go up to the mountain with me and we're going to pray. So Jesus is up there praying with the disciples. And as he's praying, Luke tells us that his face is transformed, transfigured. His countenance. Change is what the text says. I don't know what that means, quite frankly. But as his face changed, his, his clothes became dazzling white, the disciples were there, and they noticed that Jesus wasn't alone anymore, that uh, Elijah and Moses were there talking to him. You heard me read it right? and they're talking. I've always want to know what they had to say. OK, they were talking about his departure, but what kind of conversation was that? But they're going back and forth and they're talking. Luke says that they saw their glory. They saw Moses and Elijah's glory. As they were there, Peter, oh good Peter, as they're getting ready to leave, he notices that <laughs> this is good for us to be here. And it doesn't quite make sense to us. You know, He wanted to build few tents for them to stay. And and what Luke tries to tell us is this was such an awesome experience that more than anything, initially, it confused Peter. He didn't know what he was saying. He didn't know how odd it was to suggest that he can make tents for Elijah and Moses. Hello, they've been gone for a very long time. You don't just build tents for people like that. But he was so confused by what was going on. He didn't know what else to say. And if that weren't enough, as they stood there again, suddenly Jesus is still looking however he's looking and we've got to deal with that. We've got to try to figure out what that means. We've got to understand, you know, is this going to happen to me too or how long are we going to be up here? What's going to happen next? As they're thinking all that, perhaps suddenly a cloud comes upon them. Luke says the cloud overshadowed them. And generally, when we read in scripture about a cloud appearing or smoke appearing, that is to remind us that this is the presence of God, that we are in the presence of God right now. And I want you to remember, you heard me read it, you've heard the story before. What was the reaction of the disciples there in the presence of God They were terrified. They were scared out of their mind. I want you to know that being in the presence of God is a joyful thing. God told Moses once, my presence will go with you and I will bring you peace. And there are so many times when we can feel that peace in such a a peaceful way, in such a way that is so affirming and so uh, positive even. But there are so many other times when the Spirit of God rests upon us that it is so confusing and it is so scary. And I say that because I need you to know But that is still God at work. I say that because I know that there are plenty of you who have these moments of confusion and fear and doubt. And we wonder, oh, God, why is this happening to me? Oh, God, take this away from me. What I want you to understand is that may be the presence of God with you right now. It may not feel like it. But you tell me where God said that he was going to leave you. You show me where God says, as long as things are happy for you, you know I'm there. You're not going to find that because God says, I'm always going to be with you. And when you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, guess where I'll be too. So when it's easy to know that you are in the presence of God, thank God for that. You know, when we have a, a Sunday service that just, oh, you leave and you like, oh, ah, thank God for that. But when you have other moments. That feels so scary and confusing. Be on the lookout. It just may be that you are in the presence of God. You may be in something that God needs you to see. So that you can truly understand what he wants to tell you. Those disciples, as they were there in the presence of God, as they were feeling confused, as they were feeling scared, they heard the voice that told them, This is my son, my chosen. Listen to him. Whether the presence of God for you right now is a very joyful thing, you have the same calling. Listen to God. Whether the presence of God right now feels very distant distant, or whether the presence of God feels very frightening, you still have the same command from God. This is my son. Listen to him. A reading from Second Corinthians says, Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. That's an affirming scripture, isn't it? There is freedom. But what I need you to remember, I want you to remember, go back. If we have to declare freedom, what does that mean there was first? There was bondage. There was slavery. There was something holding us back. There was something that had a hold of us. And there are so many of us who feel like that right now. And what I want you to hear God saying again is that where I am, there is freedom. Now, you might have to do some struggling a little bit to get out. But I need you to know I'm still there. I need you to know, as uncomfortable as it feels, as much as you're fighting, guess where I am? Right there. Sisters and brothers, keep listening. Keep listening for that voice. Be thankful when the presence of God is a happy thing and when it's something else listen listen as we are at the Lord's table this morning could it be that we are in the presence of God could it be that we are in the presence of God when we take that bread and drink from the cup could it be that God is right here with us and hear me say once again Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And that freedom is ours. So I think we should pray because often we don't really know what it's like to experience the presence of God. Often we don't know what the freedom of God feels like or looks like. And if that's what you want to know and want to feel today, would you pray with me? God, we are thankful because we have a promise that you always give to us. That your presence walks with us each day. That there isn't a place that we can wander to. There isn't a place that we can find ourselves where you are not already there with us. What we pray, God, is that you would give us strength in your presence. Strength to be able to rejoice when we can rejoice. Strength to be able to see through the hardships that we find ourselves in. Peace to know that there is freedom in your name. God, we feel that we are in your presence today. So we ask then that your Holy Spirit would rest upon every single one of your beloved children here this morning and bring us freedom. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.